Okay, hi. Um, so, I'm really glad you're here. I, uh, I'm going to share two stories today um, that have to do with attachment um, and also why we would do meditation and yoga practice in the first place. Um, Cause aren't you, sometimes are you like, this happens to me, even as a yoga teacher, I'm like going, I'm going on. And then I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And then I like remind myself or something happens in my life where I'm like, thank goodness for my practice. Has that ever happened to you guys? Mm-hmm. Where like something comes up and you're like, yes, I'm so glad I've been practicing. So in meditation practice, um, and in asana practice, actually it works both ways. Um, cause we're all, it's all going to the same goal to me, which is to be free, like to move into freedom so that love is moving through me in a way, unblocked kind of way. Like that's what I want where my mind is not getting in the way and I'm just full of love and then I'm sharing it with the world. And then I'm like, yeah, that's like my ultimate goal in life and why I would practice yoga and meditation. No big deal. <laughs> and it's my prayer for all of you. So in my meditation practice, I think that there's kind of this myth that you're supposed to be meditating and you're like, okay, I'm meditating. (laughs) And then you think some thoughts and then you're like, I can't do it, right? (laughs) Because our brains are perfectly designed to be thinking. It's perfectly designed to do that, right? And to create narrative and stories and ways that our brains can piece things together. And so my my best friend, Anna, she's a Buddhist chaplain up in Hood River, um, She's amazing. She has the hardest job in the entire world, I think. Like, if you were to name hardest job, I think maybe she has it. Um, It's like she has a lot of stuff happening. (laughs) Um, But the way that she described meditation to me a long, long time ago, I think when I still thought meditation was just for rich people, that was my belief. I was like, meditation, who has time for that? That must be for rich people. (laughs) That was me as a very young single mom being like, I don't know. That sounds like, I don't have time for it. (laughs) You must have a lot more space in your life. I don't believe that now. It was a weird thing that I thought. But she described it as if we can rest back into the expansiveness of our consciousness, right? Into witness consciousness, then our thoughts can be like boats, right? That are moving kind of in front of everything. And we have the choice of whether to get on that boat and follow that storyline and identify with that thought and that way of being, or we can sit back and just watch the thought go by. Another friend of mine describes it as catch and release, right? Where you catch yourself having the thought or the narrative or the storyline, and then you can be like, and let it go and release, right? Because when we identify with the storylines and we think that we're our thoughts, or that we think that we're our feelings, that's where we get into trouble. Um, So the first thing that happened, this is, it kind of came up for me last week because we talked all about the bliss of just being with our own beingness in my classes. And I was like, yes, like that is awesome. And then I was like, but why? Because to me, if it's not rooted in the practical, if it's not making my life easier and better and that flow of love more fluid, then it's kind of like, eh. And I got two messages from the universe when I asked that question. The first one, I went out, I've been um, dating someone for nine months now, and we are the slowest moving relationship ever known to relationships. So just now, I just met two of his friends. That's it, just two. <laughs> it's like, 
This is full commitment problems post-divorce in the flesh. (laughs) You know, so slow. And we were chatting, and he and I had been in Mexico um, in January, and so we were talking about it because this couple was going to go to Mexico, and we were like, oh, my gosh, we love it so much. And he said, yeah, me and her should stay longer next time we go. And my brain went, oh, my God, he wants to go to Mexico with me forever. (laughs) I was like, he loves me. We're going to Mexico. (laughs) Like, I started to, like, spin out into this, like, my self-worth got tied up in it instantaneously. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, just watch your brain do this, like, hilarious thing. (laughs) And I started to laugh at myself because... It was so silly. Like, he was just talking because he enjoys my company, you know, just like blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh, my God, let's buy plane tickets. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I sat back and watched myself and, like, was laughing to myself at how instantaneous that had happened, right? And that's the good kind of attachment. That's what we – something happens and our brain is like, I want more of that. And so we start to get clingy and attached, and that's where suffering can move in. Make sense? And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't enjoy things in our lives. It means can we enjoy our life even if that didn't happen, right? Um, and then, so I was like, oh, cool, I'm, I'm working my practice. This is awesome. And then the universe was like, but what if something terrible happens? <laughs> Would you still be able to be in your practice? <laughs> um, so I'm riding up a ski lift. It's very dramatic. <laughs> my son and his friend are ahead of me, and so I kept having, I, we were three people, and so I kept having to ride by myself or with someone else. Um, and, it, and so there was a guy there, and I was like, do you want to go with me on the ski lift? You know, and he's like, oh yeah, sure, because then it just you, it sp- moves faster that way. So how long is the ski lift journey? Like five minutes, something like that. Within the first minute, um, I realized that he he realized also, and I realized that, well, he didn't know the full story, but I realized that he was the brother-in-law of the boy who in high school made my life a living hell. <laughs> like, a living hell. Like, if I described the story to you in detail, you would be like, that did not happen. I would be like, yes, it did. <laughs> and so his name is not a name that I speak, usually. <laughs> and he kept saying the boy's name to me, who's a man now, over and over again, like, you know him, blah, 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 you know him, blah, 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 and my, I could feel in my body the desire to push this poor man who had nothing to do with this boy torturing me in high school off of the ski lift because he kept saying the name, and I was like, his name is like Voldemort to me. It's like, he who must not be named, you know? And then I was like, oh, but let's just watch. And so I sat back and I was like, oh, I totally want to push him off the ski lift. I also want to tell him, oh, yes, I do know that person. And he made me like say all the things, you know? But this poor man had nothing. He was like an accountant from Beaverton. He had no knowledge of anything. He's just living his life skiing with his kids. You know what I mean? The same thing that I was doing. And so I sat back and I was like, oh, nothing unsafe is actually happening here. I'm okay. 
And then I turned to him and I said, what is it like being an accountant? (laughs) (laughs) To change the subject. And we went down that pathway, you know, and then it was totally fine. And I wish that as we got off and he skied this way and I skied that way, that I would have yelled to him, thank you. I can tell I'm healing now. Thank you so much. (laughs) And he would have been like, we talked about accounting mostly. (laughs) Um, But that was what it felt like. It was this gift from the universe where I was like, oh my gosh, I am healing. It is possible. Like, I don't have to live and go with that narrative in either direction, whether it's positive or negative, right? And this is why in our practice, friends, it is so, so important to stick with it even when things feel good. Because the temptation is that when things are going great that you're like, nah, (laughs) I'm not going to go to yoga I'm not going to sit and be still for a couple of moments. I'm not going to practice that catch and release, the watching of the boat go by rather than going with the narrative. But if we have been practicing and these opportunities come up, we get to sit back and laugh at ourselves. And that's when I'm laughing, that is when I know that I'm in my highest self, right? When I can like see sort of the hilarity of the situation. And even when that happened with that man on that ski lift, even though I was like, (laughs) a little bit um I could see like I could be like oh my gosh this is so funny universe like thank you so much for giving me this opportunity does this help so even when you're in yoga two, yoga two, level two yoga just kidding warrior two warrior two or something like that and you feel the storyline go and what's the storyline when you've been in warrior two for a really long time my quad hurts, get me out of here, right? But that's just a thought and a feeling. And what's really happening is that you're practicing and that you can sit behind that thought and that feeling and be with your highest self in any pose, at any instant, and on any ski lift, at any dinner party with someone who you have commitment issues with. Yeah? Bring your hands to heart center.